Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. What's going on, peeps? Hope you're having a beautiful day. Hope you enjoy the holiday weekend, long weekend. Hope you have guys had fun, girls. If you also if you were fishing, hope you all have fun, had a great time. Uh, tell me about your weekend. Follow me on social media, Instagram and Facebook on the Bass Kayak and Beers. Tell me about your weekend. Show me pictures. Tag me on the pictures. Show me what you did, what you caught. If your favorite football team lost or won, that will also be fun. But anyway, so like I said, hope you all had a great weekend. A uh, couple of news coming on the pipe. Uh, first of all, Douglas Outdoors, as you know, my sponsor, Douglas Rod, is uh, being the sponsor for one of the trails. I think it's either Georgia or Tennessee, one of the trails that Steve Owens is directing. Um, they're also going to be uh, featured in Douglas Bait and Tackle. So again, shout out to my sponsors. If you're from that area, um, Georgia, Tennessee, and you plan to fish those Bass Nation tournaments, there's going to be a rod giveaway every single tournament. Um, so that's pretty big on Douglas Rods, amazing rods. Hope you guys, if you're out there fishing, if you win one of them, hope you enjoy it and have fun with it and show it to your friends. So what else? Oh, I got a new kayak trailer. I don't know if you guys saw the post on social media. A uh, local welder here um, in, that lives in Lake Fork, Dustin, he, uh, he built the trailer for me, kind of gave him an idea what I wanted, kind of made it his own, didn't copy Danny Romero on the water. It's different from that. So I know, I'll, you know, I already saw some people posting on Facebook about that. Trust me, he made his own design. He did not copy it from anyone. I was the one with the idea of what I wanted. Um, but Dustin has a lot of respect for what Danny Romero does off in for underwater innovations. So we made sure... When we designed it, custom made, that we kind of made it our own and not copy anyone. Um, so it, it looks pretty unique. Love it. Uh, if you guys follow me on my social media, get to see some pictures of it. Other than that, we have a great guest for you today. One of my favorite content creators, Carlos Torres, Lone Star Kayak Fishing here from Texas. I love his social media content because it is true to himself. You know, it's just about reels, about him fishing and posting pictures of him catching fish and big fish and bath thumbs and that's all it is i know with the social media game you kind of have to get creative i'm guilty of it myself where i do reels and funny stuff and all that and it's not really myself but you know we when you're in uh doing the content creator it's not just your content is not just about you but about the your audience so what that's one of the things why i love carlos Torres. he keeps them to himself you know keeps it true to what it is straight up kayak bass fishing so i'm excited to have him on we'll go through a quick commercial and then you get to meet the lone star kayak fishing guy this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and tecovis is your stop for the best in western style tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer including men's and women's boots apparel hats bags and more all Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. 
Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mr. Carlos Torres, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good. How about you, man? Very good, man. Thank you and honored to have you, as always, on the podcast, man. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of your social media. I know you always posting big pictures of big bass. Makes me jealous sometimes, but <laughs> that's that's how you know it's good. Right, right. How do you I- got into um, kayak fishing, Carlos? Um, <clears throat> I got into kayak fishing... Uh, just honestly, just out of boredom, I used to fish off the, you know, off of a bass boat and, uh, I was going to buy a bass boat and, you know, once you tally up all the costs of, of a boat maintenance, repairs, gas, all those things, uh, I started looking at kayaks and when I came across the, the AP 136 from old town, you know, I, I thought to myself, that's everything I need. You know, I mean, it has spot lock. I mean, you can, I could fish everywhere a bass boat can, you know, I just can't do 70 miles an hour. And so I bought it and, uh, dude, I, <laughs> I love that boat. It's, you know, it's a good, it's a good platform for anyone to fish off of. And I, I, I put that thing through some, some major, <clears throat> some crazy uh situations you know i fished in 40 miles an hour 40 mile an hour wind in that boat i mean two three foot rollers on the lake i mean i've, I've taken that thing through some extreme stuff so but that that's kind of how i got started into it uh just uh you know wanted to get on the water but but didn't want to spend all the money to do it you know <clears throat> So. No, and, it, and that's one of the things about kayak fishing, you know, it's uh, it's not as expensive because it's fishing is expensive if you need yeah. to bank fishing, but yeah. it's not as expensive of, you know, main, the cost of a boat and the maintenance and all that. Um, yeah. I've always I've had friends with boats and they say they've always told me the the goal is not to have a boat, have a good friend that has a boat. <laughs> you don't have to deal with that headache. And yeah. what's the other thing I've always said, the, heard, um, oh, uh, the happiest two days of a boat fisherman is the day he buys it and the day he sells it. Right. I don't know how true it is. I've never owned a boat. I don't have anything against this boat, but, yeah, no, it's it's different from kayak fishing for sure. How long have you been bass fishing? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I, I bass fished when I was younger. Um. And I quit for, I got into bow hunting real big and that's all I done for, man, I don't know, years, you know, and when I started working back on the road, I just didn't have time to do that anymore. And, uh, that's, that's why I got back into fishing is, you know, just needing something to do and, and it just sucked me in, you know, I, I can't even, I can't even think about quitting now. I'm, I'm too Not far it. in. I know once you go down deep that rabbit hole, there's no way turning back. Yeah. Like my wife, like I've had 
different hobbies along the way. Like I, I lived in Puerto Rico. When I lived in Puerto Rico, I do surfing and I and bodyboarding, and I thought I would never do anything else. When I moved to Texas, it took me a while. It's just like, man, how do I, how do I, you know, substitute the adrenaline of what I used to do, do it here. And then I got into mountain biking when I moved to Texas. And I like mountain biking. I still do it. I haven't done it in a while because I don't have time to do both. And I love it. I love mountain biking. But when I started doing kayak fishing and kind of learned, you know, being now that I lived in Texas as, as an adopted Texarican, like I like to call myself, <laughs> um, that's probably the only thing I have in common with Guillermo Gonzalez. We both kayak fish, but he's a lot better than I am at that. <laughs> but um, it, it really draws you in. And it's funny because I've always said that the... When I don't know if you've ever surfed. Um, when I surfed, you know, there's an adrenaline. There's kind of like a Nirvana effect when you're like riding a tube on a wave. It's just, it's you really it's hard to duplicate. Right. And I've done, like I said, mountain biking. But when I do fishing, when I hooked into my first fish on a kayak, that's as close as I got to that. And I don't think I could. It's just, I don't know. It's a different feeling, man. It's just a different feeling. You being one with nature. Yeah. Kind of like the same applies with with the surfing. You know, you're in a little, not plastic, but you're in a little contraption on the water, you know, chasing big waves. Now you're in a kayak on the water, you know, uh, searching for big bass. So there's that that similarity, even though it's kind of like very different dynamics of it. But it does really draw you in just being out there in nature. And me being my coming from... Um, Puerto Rico, being from Texas, not having the wildlife that that you know that that I used to have back home, you know, being able to see deer on the water, wild hogs, uh, crocodiles, which I'm not a fan of, or uh, gators, I should say. Um, <laughs> but it's different, you know, it's a different <laughs> level, and it's really exciting. Now, let me ask you this, Carlos: they, well, Did you have you ever lived in Texas? Were you born and raised in Texas? Yeah, I'm born and raised here. <laughs> And um, you started, where, who taught you to do kayak fishing? Uh, or fishing, was, I'm sorry. Who taught you to do bass fishing in general? Um, I would say uh, some of my friends when I was younger. That's, you know, I would fish with them. And really, it was just more of a trial and error, you know? I mean, just uh, that, when I quit fishing, I, I told uh, a friend of mine this story one time. I was out fishing and I was... I was throwing a spinnerbait in some weeds and, and uh, I got hung up and I think I was like 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. And I got it back and I threw it out, you know, again, and I got, I was bank fishing. So uh, I got hung up again and man, I'm not, <laughs> something just clicked. It, it just made me so mad. I just, I left the rod and everything there and I never, I didn't fish again for years. I don't know why. Just you know, I I went to hunting and and got real big into bow hunting. So, and then this, you know, when I got serious into fishing this time, uh, I, I you know I watched a lot of YouTube on on actually pattern, you know, patterning fish, and actually finding fish, and spent a lot of time researching their tendencies, and and things like that. So, uh, I would say since I've been serious into to bass fishing, uh, the internet, man, is, uh, you know, just studying what you're chasing is, is what's brought me the most success, I believe. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, you know, that's so different from, you know, our age range. Now I don't know how old you are, but me, I'm in, um, almost reaching 50 now. And, you know, back then we didn't have, you know, when I was a kid and I was fishing, we didn't have, you know, you learn by yourself. Now, mm -hmm. this generation, you know, when I picked up fishing again, it's like, oh, man, YouTube, because not everybody yeah. around me fishes, you know, for bass fishing. None of my close friends did. Oh, well, actually, a couple of my close friends did bass fishing, but they weren't like big into it. You know, they just, yeah, throw a spinnerbait and that's it. Um, yeah. Kind of like a one rod, one bait uh, mentality, which is right. fine. Um, but when you get really down the rabbit hole and then you start, oh, uh, jigs, uh, senkos, jerk baits, you know, real speeds, uh, rod strength, uh, fast, extra fast, you know, you're like, you get overwhelmed even yeah. on, on social media. I remember kind of, I remember one of the first videos that I got frustrated, not, 
at any fault of the content creators, actually Fluke Masters. But when he was trying to explain the difference between, um, and this is an old, old school video, probably one of his first. He was trying to explain difference between, you know, heavy, moderate, no, heavy, medium heavy, um, extra heavy, and then trying to explain what's the difference between moderate, fast, extra fast. I just... I mean, I th I just threw the phone across the room in rage because I can't understand. I was like, I don't understand all this. <laughs> but once you get into it, things start clicking and clicking and starts, you know, working out. And, you know, when people think that they, oh, that's pretty cool. You do bass fishing or you do fishing in general. You go on the water, you don't catch anything, and then they get frustrated. They don't want to do it again. Well, you're missing yeah. the point of fishing. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, it's kind of like cliche, but really the hard part is what makes it great just to be able to go from I can't catch five fish on 10 days going out fishing and now I'm catching at least one or two and then catching two or three and actually hitting a five limit every now and then there's an evolution that goes with it like a metamorphosis of what you were when you started to what you are now um, and I think it's interesting that's when you're fully engulfed in it that's where you get the most out of it it's like you know, again, cliche, the more you invest in it, the more you get out of it. And I think that applies yeah. to both things in life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, it's, it's, I always say it's, you know, it's chasing what's elusive, but obtainable. You know, that's what yeah. keeps me going. You know, it's, uh, it's knowing that they're there, but it, it's finding them and then, you know, winning the battle, you know, once you set the hook and, and, once you get them in the boat, you know, that's when you, that's what makes me feel good. Cause you know, I, it makes you feel like you accomplished something, you know, it and, is. and whatever, if you had a game plan, if you don't, a lot of times I don't have a game plan because every time I have a game plan, it never seems to work. out. So I just, I wing it, man, all the time. I just go for it. Yeah. So, I think it's sometimes, go ahead. I'm sorry. You no, know, you're good. Say, yeah. No, that sometimes I was going to say you go, like you said, a game plan, you have in mind what you want to do. And it doesn't always work that way. I think when you start off, to me, it's just, it eventually, it's funny because things start clicking, to me, my, my personal experience, things start clicking without me noticing it. And what I mean by that, there doesn't come a point where I say, oh, that's what I should have done. No, it comes to a point where it's like, it starts becoming natural. I don't have to think about what bait I'm going to throw now. I already, you know, I'm not, not wondering, okay, it's sunny or it's cloudy. Temperature is this. The winds are blowing from this side. You know, when you start off, that's overwhelming. But they get to a point where it's, it doesn't really, it clicks, but there's not that, you know, moment of epiphany. It just starts working out. And before you know it, you things come to you naturally. Yep. And you already know what's going to be your bait. Now, doesn't mean that you're always going to be successful. It doesn't mean that you're always going to catch five fish. doesn't mean that you're never going to get skunk. You know, there's still days you're going to get skunk, you know, and you can't figure it out. But little by little, I think that's the beauty of it. Just when you look back, I'm like, man, I don't remember how I learned it or when was the, late, the day that I learned it. I just know I know it now. Right. And that's what I find interesting. Yeah. And it, it, it's always, you know, just... What always gets me too is, you know, whenever you think that you have them figured out, you can go out there the very next day and everything that you, yeah, get humbled. Everything you thought you knew, they remind you that you don't know anything, <laughs> you know? So and you got to start the process all over and you got to search and you got to try to find them and, and all of that, all of that good stuff, which it, it can be frustrating. You know, I, I tell you, uh, sometimes I get a lot of questions from new anglers, you know, you know about fishing and stuff and I, I try to tell them you know don't give up you know when you go out there for your first day or if you're just getting into kayak fishing and you go out you know for your first trip don't give up you know when you come home with 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 no with no fish you know it's there's a you know it and, and fishing is you can take it a lot of ways there's people that are kind of recreational just do it whenever and then there's competitive anglers that, you know, fish tournaments. And then I really feel like there's a, a medium there, like, like myself, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say, I would say I'm a competitive angler, but you know, not fishing tournaments. I, 
you know, every time I go on the water, you know, I want it. I want to catch as many fish as I can catch. You know, I'm kind of competitive with it, you know, myself, you know, and I, yeah. I want to be, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, you know, you know, you, I don't know exa- exactly how to explain no, that, I, but, you know. And I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's one of those things that are like when you're on the water by myself, when I'm on the water by myself, it's not about winning a tournament. It's not, about, oh, I need to post pictures for Instagram and all that, which that obviously that's a factor uh, when you're doing content creation. But it's more about you competing to yourself. Can I beat the best, best version of myself? Because that's when I know I'm growing, right? You're right. not out there to impress anybody. You're just out there by yourself. And you remember the last time you did great and you want to, well, I don't want, I don't want that day to be the best day of fishing. Like you never want to peak. You know, you will never want to feel like, oh, there's no way I'm going to have a better day. No, you always hoping that whatever was the best day, that today is going to be even better. And that's kind of like gives you a feeling of self-accomplishment that I'm learning. I'm getting better at this. I am progressing. I am moving forward in my knowledge and in my ability to cast fish, my ability to do hooks and my ability to select baits and change baits when it is appropriate. And it's just competing with yourself. And I think when you mentioned the different type of anglers, there's also the content creators, right? That people did not necessarily um, compete and they're not also, but they want to do their recreational stuff to make money out of it, which is fine. That's great. I'm no, no dissing on that by any means. If you want to do that, Hey, if I can make life out of me taking pictures or videos of me catching fish, I would totally do that instead of going to work for sure. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's, there's different reasons why people get into fishing. We know, I know a lot of uh, tournament and not tournament, well, tournament anglers as well, but a lot of uh, uh, my guests have been um, people that have served in the armed forces, veterans that have mm-hmm. seen um, the chaos and the, and the atrocities of being part of a war, you know, and now kayak fishing is kind of like their, their sin, you know, their way of trying to like getting back to civilian life and dealing with PTSD. And that's always, to me, that always brings it in perspective, talking to um, men and women um, that have served in the army or, you know, in the armed forces and now doing kayak fishing, just to kind of help them, you know, um, in their daily life. And that's very humbling when you think about it. That, that, that shows you that there's something special about kayak fishing, not just a, a personal obsession that I have. right yeah absolutely uh a lot of my closest friends you know on on instagram and stuff uh, a lot of the guys i talk with on a daily basis are mostly all military you know either either veterans or active duty so yeah a lot of respect for those those guys and gals with uh um you know regardless of how people may feel about war and all that what they do and what they've gone through is uh, deserves respect. Um, and, uh, you know, and anything they can help them out. If kayak fishing even better. I know Jeremy Mitchell runs um, Heroes on the Water, you know, try to get those veterans out in the water, you know, to, you know, get them on with their daily life. And that's amazing. That's, you know, we're privileged to have a sport that, you know, can transcend to so many people, generations, um, cultures, um, genders. Um, it's a wonderful sport, right? So right. let me let me ask you this: You got it from a, from bank fishing to the autopilot, like that was there was no Ascend twelve T, there was no Pelican, there was just yeah. Um, so you went from rags to riches that quick. <laughs> no, so so I, I spent a lot of time when I really got when I started fishing again. I, I started fishing on vacation, and. Uh, I was on vacation and I went down to the, to the beach and there's a rip rap beach. And I just started throwing a, I can't even remember what it was, honestly, what kind of bait it was. I think it was a, a jig or something. And I caught a couple bass and you know, that first bite, when I set that hook, it just, uh, man, it, it just, it gave me that, that feeling, you know, that adrenaline. <clears throat> and, uh, so, so after that I started, uh, fishing off a bass boat with my buddy a lot. And we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time on the back of a bass boat and 
you know, I kind of wanted to venture out on my own and that's, uh, that's how I got into kayak fishing. And, uh, while I was on vacation, a buddy of mine was like, Hey man, I got a kayak, uh, for sale. I'll sell you, you know, if, if you want it. And I was like, man, I don't know about that, but you know, he made me, I, can't, I think I gave him like 200 bucks. It was a lifetime, uh, 11 and a half foot lifetime Yukon. And that's what I started kayak fishing on. And it didn't take me very long to realize that I'm kind of, uh, I would say, uh, if I'm going to do something, you know, I want to take it all the way to the max. So, yeah. so when I, when I realized that, you know, I wanted to fish and this is, it kind of filled that void from hunting, you know, it gave me the same rush that bow hunting used to give me, you know, I just, I went all the way. So I, I did, I, I had a lifetime, I, I had a Walmart boat, so it wasn't, it's still kind of rags to riches in, in a sense, if that's, if that's the way you want to put it, <laughs> you know. And then from there, you moved to the autopilot? Yep, yep. From, from the lifetime, I went to the autopilot. And, that, and the autopilot is a great platform. I mean, <clears throat> I know I'm a Hobie guy, but I mean, I, I think Old Town and Hobie are really the two leading brands right now. When it comes to sky fishing, one has the autopilot built in with the Minn Kota. Obviously, Hobie has a 360 drive, which kind of separates them from the other pedal drive but how are you liking that sportsman man that that's a a fishing machine right there that's i mean if i wouldn't have a hobie i would definitely have an autopilot that thing is amazing it's it's uh it's an it's incredible i mean there's there's nothing negative that i can i can say about it i mean there i know some people have gripes about um water collecting you know like kind of in front of the seat I don't ever have an issue with that, but I mean, I keep all my scupper plugs plugged off. I mean, there, there's some things that people say that they don't care for me. I, I personally have no, I have no complaints other than when I'm fishing in wind. <clears throat> and this, this is when I was working out West, I would fish in 30, 40 mile an hour wind, you know, and, and mainly this complaint is from being just impatient. But when I would hit spot lock, you know, I would drift back about five or six feet and then the boat would try to bring me back, you know, and that, that's my only complaint, which like I said, that's, that's just me being impatient, you know, cause I would pull up on a spot, hit spot lock and flip into the reeds or whatever it was. Well, you know, while you're flipping, you're drifting back and it would frustrate me, but I don't think that's any fault of the boat. It's just, those are some pretty tough conditions. Yeah, I was going to say, that's me picking the heck out of it because yeah. if I'm, I'm on a hobby, I'm not going to be 30, 40 miles pedaling to try to keep my spot. So it's like, right. you, you're still able to at least be on the water when 99% of the people out there are not even considering yeah. getting on the water. So that's that's nitpicking the heck out of it, but man, it I mean is. that that it's an awesome platform, you know. It is, and it's it's uh it's extremely stable. I mean, even even when I fished in conditions like that, and would and you know I would be jumping that thing over two or three foot you know rollers sometimes. I never once felt uncomfortable or unsafe in that boat. Never one time. I've never, I've never. I don't know how much it would take to flip that boat but I can tell you it's a lot. You'd almost yeah. need to just jump out of it because, or pull it. I, I don't know how you would flip it, but that thing, I'm, I'm almost positive you can stand on the gunnel of that boat and it won't turn over. And you're, I mean, I don't want to sound insulting or anything like that, but you're a big dude. I'm not saying yeah. you found anything. You're, you're built yeah. like a tank, right? Like you, you, yeah. how tall are you? I'm 5'10". 5'10". Send us my height, but you know, you built like a linebacker. And I say that as a compliment, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. So you know, for you to say that, it's not—it's just yeah. not anybody, you know. You, you're a big dude. You're a strong dude. That you know, and you can handle that boat on on that type of uh, weather conditions. That shows a lot about the platform. Yeah. Would you have ever considered moving anything other than that autopilot? Uh, honestly, I've been talking to some buddies of mine about potentially building a new canoe uh, next year. The they're unlimited and putting a motor guide on the front of it. Uh, I've kind of thought about that platform. Uh, that, that boat is, it's interesting to me because you can yeah. do a lot of things with it. You know, you can put two seats in it. Uh, it's uh, that boat's also 41 inches wide. I mean, that thing is in, insane wide. I think the, the autopilot's 38, I believe. So, 
I mean, it's, it's a little bit wider than an autopilot, but other than that, um, if I, if I built another boat today, it would probably be a new canoe, but it would be hard to leave old town. I mean, there's, there's been no reason for me to, for me to leave them. I mean, it's been a great boat. I haven't, haven't had any issues with it. Uh, and I mean, I've run that thing really hard. I mean, it, it gets fished every week. Uh, you know, generally on Fridays, it gets fished from anywhere to eight to 10 hours. So it spends a lot, a lot of time on the water. How good is that spotlight being able to it's, fish, man? That That's what, if I ever get a trolling motor, it would definitely something with a spotlight, man. That's, it, I think that's pretty awesome. To me, to me, you know, in kayak fishing, coming from a paddle kayak, uh, it makes a lot of different, anything where you can gain leverage back, even, mm -hmm. you know, like you, uh, with your pedal drive. Or, or fin drive um anytime that you can get your leverage back on a hook set especially if you're fishing heavy heavy cover you know that's just an mm -hmm. advantage that's uh kayak anglers you know are at a disadvantage you know especially paddle guys are at a disadvantage on on hook sets because as soon as you set the hook you know your boat you and the fish are coming together you don't have the yeah. the leverage you know that you would you know, as you, if you're anchored, like, you know, when I'm anchored, they're not going to move, move me, you know, so I have complete control over the fish. So you say when you anchor on your spot lock. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it's, if I'm spot locked, which, uh, most of the time, if I'm, if I'm fishing something, if I'm like, say I'm flipping, I'm, I usually always spot lock, you know, because of, for that reason, that way, you know, if, if I need to pull them, pull hard on them, uh, I have my leverage against them. There's, there's, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've been flipping and not spot locked and, you know, get a bite, you set the hook and you, you know, you, you, I set the hook hard. Everyone always gives me a hard time for it. You know, it, when I'm, when I'm fishing heavy cover, I give it to them. I mean, I really give it to them. So, but you know, when I would do that, not spot locked, you know, instantly, I lose my leverage, you know, you can just feel your rod keep coming up and that's because your boat's moving towards them. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's a big advantage, you know, a uh, spot lock. Is, I know a lot of people don't like to use the term, but it's a game changer on a kayak. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I've always said three things are a game changer to me so far. People may agree or not agree. The spot lock, the 360 drive, if you're not, if you don't have a motor and the jackhammer, at least for me. <laughs> But you know, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, yeah, that that term gets uh, thrown out a lot out there. Yeah, but man, uh, again, you you have a great social media content. Um, how are you able to find all this big fish all the time? Like, give me the secret. Are, are we recycling pictures here, or it's really you no, catching all this big I, fish every week, you, man? You you can go. That's one thing that so, so with my page, there's two things that that. I've always tried to steer away from, and that's like bait pictures. I mean, if mm -hmm. you go on my page, you may find two or three out of 500 something posts, but I, I don't do bait pictures. And, uh, one Sunset thing I always pictures. try to do. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I, I try not to do is, is, you know, repost fish. I don't, I don't like to repost. Um, it's just something I've always tried to do. There, there are a few times I've had to go to the archives, you know, when I couldn't fish or uh, things like that. And and then even, you know, back in the a few months ago when I went to Louisiana for the hurricane, uh, I just I didn't even I just didn't post because I didn't want to mm. do reposts. You know, it's just something I haven't wanted to do. I've I've always just wanted to bring pure fish, you know, to to my page, even though I know the the bait the bait pages where people do the bait in their hand, you know, they, they get so much, uh, you know, interaction and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But that's just, you know, what can I tell you about, you know, this crawl that you don't already know? I mean, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, yeah. most people already have their favorite colors. I mean, all of these things, what can I tell you about a bait that you don't already know? I can't. So, I mean, so no, to me, you know, I just, I would rather just bring my journey, you know, what, what I've done 
or the or the struggle that it took to find the fish you know um and and back to your question you know how do i always find them it's just a lot of casts <laughs> a true. lot of casts you know i just uh like i said on fridays i just i, I usually spend about 10 hours on the water friday and and I just hope, I hope that I can catch them, you know, and I, I do a lot of graphing. That's something that I've gotten really big into this year is really trying to learn um, how to find fish and, and locate them on my graph and then make them, you know, make them bite. That's pretty interesting. And, and I might respect for what you do with your social media. Like I'm guilty of all the things you said. And that's that balance, right? Where, for example, you and I were talking about, you know, doing the, you know, being your content creator, you know, and having the autopilot be a good thing for you deservingly to get into the autopilot, um, the autopilot, the old town fishing team, because you have a great media content um, and you're a great angler. And that's that balance, you know, when you try to keep true to yourself and then, but at the same time, try to like, well, you know, I need to get the likes and the algorithms and all that. I went and I had a podcast about it with uh, Charlie Wells from, um, DG Wells, he does mm -hmm. a lot of like kind of behind the lens pictures, videos and all that for that bass fishing dude. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got the chance to do some promo stuff for Douglas. So he was going to be the cameraman and all that. And it really was kind of eye opening. I kind of like felt like, man, that's, this is not myself, but I understand, I, you know, when you're talking about sponsorship and all that um, and getting content, you know, the companies want you to post pictures of, like you said, like the baits, their products. But yeah, man, it was one of those things where like, okay, you know, hold the picture, hold the fish this way, or hold it that way, which I get, I understand. I have a lot, a lot of respect mm -hmm. for um, content creators, you know, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, because it takes a lot, you know, and a lot of guys that I've talked to that do content creator, one thing that I've, it's always common with them is they say, the more you get into this, the, actually the less you fish because now you have to do this you have to do that and you're actually mm -hmm. not really fishing you know even when you're on on the water well let's move i remember we had to like get shots from different areas well i want to fish the reeds that's where they are but we need fix picks of the docks we need picks of hitting the creeks the lay down so i'm like that's not what i wanted to do <laughs> i wanted to go out fishing but we have to do it because so, so i have a lot of respect for that man i have a lot of respect for those content creators i know sometimes people get um they get a lot of flack for it, but I understand, you know, seeing it from that side of the view is, is, you know, kind of eye opening and, you know, respect for them. However, like I said, mad respect to you for what you're doing, staying true to yourself. Cause again, I'm a big fan of your social media content. And I love the fact that you stay true to yourself. Um, and it is for anybody out there that's listening, if you haven't uh, followed Lone Star Kayak Fishing, by the way, where can people follow you? I know you got Instagram pretty much, yeah. but yeah, what, pretty, what's the pretty much just uh, it's Lone Star at Lone Star Kayak Fishing at Instagram, and that's that's pretty much right now. Uh, maybe next year I'll get back into YouTube, but for now it's uh, that's that's where you can follow me, and uh, you can you can message me, you can do whatever, man. I, you know, I'll always reply to people and help them out in any way, and and uh i just wanted to say though you know to the guys that do do the bait the bait picks and all of that stuff you know that's i have nothing you know that's yeah. there's nothing wrong with it at all yeah. it's just you know i was just simply stating that's just not what i want to do you know and and i and i actually talked with jeremy at uh fishing the lone star about this the other day and you know and he was telling me you know how much more um I guess, uh, you know, let me see how, I can't remember exactly how I said it, but you know, basically, you know, they, they do better. The posts do better. And I, mm -hmm. and I told him, I said, I, I get it. I've, I've looked at all of it. I've studied it. It's just something that I, I don't know why I just don't want to, I don't want to go there. You know, I want to be able to just keep catching fish. That's what I want to do is, is, is catch them. And, and again, you're, you're catching him and the pictures are pretty awesome. The videos are pretty awesome. The reels. And like you said, it's, that's the thing about it. We can't always, we can't all do the same thing because then right. it kind of gets saturated. We have to find mm -hmm. our own niche. And the most important thing is to feel comfortable with your own skin. You know, if that's what you want right. to do. And then again, no, it's like you mentioned, no shot on anybody else. Yeah. No. I certainly don't take offense to it. Um, 
but it is it is interesting and uh, like i said mad respect for what you're doing and um and you know looking forward to more content man I, it makes me jealous but i was like how did this guy do it where do you mostly fish out of let, let me ask you this uh carlos what do you mostly fish out of like where are you located now central texas i'm in north texas i live just north oh, you're really of north dallas. Texas? yeah yeah i live in uh i'm out of denison texas which is just north of dallas <laughs> Uh, right on the river, you know, right right before you cross over to Oklahoma, that's uh, the last town you'll go through is the town I'm I live in. I don't so, know why I thought you would like, uh, were more like Central Southeast Texas. No, well, um, last year, well, for most of most of my career, if that's what you want to call it, on on social <laughs> media, I fished out of uh, west of Wichita Falls. I worked out there. And that's where I've done a lot of my fishing at. And then I would fish at home sometimes on the weekend. But now I'm fishing back home. And that's another thing is, you know, is trying to figure out the lakes that are around me because I haven't fished them, you know, not as much as I've fished out there. So that's been a big struggle as well as just trying to pattern the fish. And and the constant weather changes we've had here in Texas are not helping oh, me out, you know. So let me ask you this. How was the, how was the fishing for you? Like the pre-spawn and spawning and post-spawn after the snowmageddon that we have last year, last year. Cause I've always interested, how did it affect each angler? Like I go to the fun and sun tackle shop and I talked to Grant and he was telling me, man, it would do, they were like, he was like, oh, it was one of the best springs. I'm like, really? Like to me, I had a hard time figuring things out. Eventually, Yes, it got good, but it was like, mm -hmm. how did it affect you? Like w after that snowmageddon that we had, did you have trouble adjusting? Because that's something we've never really seen in Texas. Yeah. At least in the last decade. So funny story about the the snow or the, you know, the big winter storm that we had is I bought my autopilot like two days, I think, before that happened. And... <laughs> I took it, I took it out the first day and it was like, man, it was so cold. The, uh, I can't, I think it was like 21 degrees. I took it out just to try it out. And the whole deck of my kayak was nothing but ice. I mean, it, it was rough. So I went home and then I didn't get to use it for like two weeks because all the lakes were froze over. So yeah, that was, uh, that was tough, but, um, really, I mean, I had a great, a great spring i can't i can't say I, I didn't see a single fish on a bed this year because i fished out west and it's always windy so the, mm -hmm. the lakes are always basically mud i mean they're just you can't see anything in them but i caught a lot of big fish in the spring i, I caught uh six six fish over six pounds uh i caught a seven and eight uh, i can't tell you how many you know almost sixes you know the hot you know high fives i caught a lot of big fish i had a great spring you know so i can't can't say that it affected me too too bad yeah that's what i heard a lot i i got mixed bags out of it closer to the turn closer to that snow was bad but then afterwards got a little bit better um yeah. but yeah man it, it's interesting right with the with the weather in texas it always changes now you fish you fish a lot of west you live in the north What's been your favorite lake to fish in Texas? Um, I would honestly say my favorite lake that I just had a, a an absolute great time at would is a lake called Lake Kemp. It's really? out, uh, yeah, it's south of Vernon, Texas. Um, it's on. It's actually on the Wagner Ranch. Uh, it's a big water lake, um, and man, that that thing has some great fish in it. But it can also send you home, you know, wanting to sell all your stuff. <laughs> you know, Kemp, is, it's. It, is that it, West it, Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of uh, it's Western Texas. Yeah. But it's not all the way west. So nice. I have to check it out there. Never heard of that one. Yeah, it's yeah, Lake Kemp. Uh, that one I've caught. I've had some great days out there. Great days. We I mean, the best day I had out there, we we came home with almost a 30 pound bag. So it was, uh, I think it was like 28 really? pounds and it. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've caught five some, limit. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. 
Yeah, Damn. it was some great, great fish. And then it also has striper in it. Uh, we sit out there one day. We couldn't catch a bass to save our life, but we got on this school of striper, and we sit there for an hour and a half just wearing them out, and that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, striper's going to be fun, definitely. If I'm yeah. not catching bass, I'll catch a striper all day. <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, I mean, I actually found this little, uh, it's a smaller lake. It's called Lake Iowa Park. Um, and, man, I caught so many big fish out of there. I mean, it was insane. I mean, giants, six, I mean, six pounders, seven pounders during the spring. Uh, and it has a lot of reeds and stuff. And that's when I really got nice. into to flipping and stuff and, and man, I had a lot of fun on that lake. A lot of fun. Is that so another the, West Texas lake? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yep, What's yep. the name of it again? Lake Iowa Park. Iowa Park. Interesting. Yep. You see, I've never fished out out, out west. Um, I mean, I think the farthest west that I've gone is like trying to think what's the farthest I've gone. Man, probably Possum Kingdom. That's probably the west as I've gone. Oh, okay. I really need to go right. more out out west um to fish that's one thing that i haven't kind of divide and conquer there and you done any east texas uh central texas lake i haven't uh, trying to think no i mean mainly i fished out there and then i fish here at home you know lake texoma yeah um and then i fish uh lake bonham and then a couple you know some of the smaller lakes and stuff around just depending on what kind of time that i have you know, on my hands. Any smallmouth bass there in Texoma? Have you caught? Uh, I've caught a few, but um, the biggest one, the biggest smallmouth I've caught was uh, four pounds and two ounces. And it was actually out of uh, our water plant lake, which gets its water from Texoma. So it has smallmouth and spotted bass in it. You know, it has all the bass. For some reason, there's not striper. I haven't figured that out. But, um, but no, I mean, Texoma, to be honest with you, man, I, I like going out there. I like fishing big water, but I just can't find them ever on that. I know. I I, I went to Texoma and it was humbling. Oh, it's it's tough. It's, but it's, it's so huge. I mean, we're, you know, when you're on a kayak and you get on a lake that size, you're just a little speck, you know. And, and everything's rock lake. beds. The whole lake is a rock bed. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what they said. Well, find a patch of grass, find a rock bed. No, everything's rock bed. There's no, yeah. there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing else. It's such a huge rock bed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it is a tough lake. I went once and it was tough. I saw a lot of stripers as well. Right. That's interesting. That lake doesn't have stripers. I was just there on the um. Um, below Possum Kingdom, uh, the Brazos River, I went with Jacob from Jacob Fish and Hunt, and we went uh, fly fishing for stripers. And the water was uncharacteristic. Uh, so I forgot the word. It was not normal how warm it was. <laughs> I, can't, right. I can't use that word right now. Um, it was really, really warm. And it, we, we, I mean, this is about two weeks ago where the water, where we, we had come out of like 40 degree days or nights. Mm-hmm. And my, I got my waders. I forgot my boots. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go with my water shoes. And, you know, hopefully it's not going to be too cold. And I got on the water. I'm like, dude, this water is not cold at all. And usually this water is cold even in summer. I don't know what it was, but the green algae was everywhere. And we saw more oh. dead stripers yeah. than we saw swimming stripers. And the ones that we saw swimming, most of them were just full of fungus. They would look like they had, hmm. I mean, they were eating, being eaten alive by fungus. I've never seen Brazos River with that bad of a condition. It wasn't really polluted. It was, I don't know, man. The water was really warm on Karastrix Lake. Oh, you not, not even got close oh, to that word. <laughs> kind of wonder if, uh, I can't remember what they call it, a golden algae or... Yeah, golden green uh, algae. It was yeah. bad. I saw green algae everywhere. I'm like, this is not normal for a river. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. That's very yeah, interesting. We saw, it was funny. We didn't catch it on camera. I was looking at a you know, decent-sized striper. It was like, I don't know, it had to be over 20 inches. And he was just like in one foot of water, just kind of like dangling in the current. I literally grabbed him and put him back on the water. Like they were wow. the ones that he weren't alive, weren't even had not that were nothing to do with um, 
swimming away or anything like that. It was sad. Um, huh. I'd never seen Possum Kingdom. I There were some people out there, I don't know if they were biologists or what, but they were taking water samples to check them out because they're about to stock them if they haven't already with trout. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But yeah, it was interesting. Uh, but anyways, uh, Carlos, I kind of wanted to do kind of like a pick your brain on your favorite bait and stuff like that. So we're going to do kind of like a like a 20 questions kind of thing. Rapid fire. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Favorite bait in winter. Now, the, oh, let me start with fall. Now that we're in fall, what's your favorite fall bait? That's tough right now because last year I would have told you a square bill, but this year, you know, the weather, I truly believe our water's cooled off way too fast and our fish uh, haven't ever committed to an actual fall bite, or at least that's, you know, what I've found. Um, last year, I would have told you a square bill. Uh, the last couple weeks, um, uh, my the best bait that I've been able to get a bid on is a jerk bait. Yep. So um, it's this fall has been it's been rough so far. It's been a you know yeah, it's, it it's, been, it it's been a lot of work trying to figure out figure them out. Yeah, so. fall is usually my jam, but this year it's like ah. Oh. Damn. Yeah, Even the Lone right. Star throwdown, the guys were putting up like 80 something inches. So it's, it's like, man, it's it's tough, man. It's I would have yes. expected to see triple digits, but no, it's yeah. been tough this fall. Uh favorite uh winter bait. Cold uh, winter days. Last year I used a suspending lipless. And suspending I threw lipless. the yeah, a suspending lipless, and I kind of worked it uh just like a jerk bait. Uh uh, last year, I didn't throw a jerk bait. Um, it just wasn't something that I had confidence in. And same here. Two weeks ago, for some reason, I picked one up and tied it on, and I mean, it was, it was on. <laughs> and I just, you know, I it, saw that helped. Posts. Yeah, that helped, you know, big time. Uh, and it was fun adding that bait to my list that I, you know, I feel like I can catch fish on it now. So I'll definitely throw that a lot this winter. What's your favorite? Have you? Do you have? I know you kind of knew it from what I hear from the jerkbait game, but do you have a favorite jerkbait, like a pointer or a? Uh, so, so far, I've got a couple mega bass jerkbaits. Um, so far, I've been doing all my damage on uh, the Six Sense Provoke, and really? then uh, Castaic Lures also sent me um, some jerkbaits the other day, and I caught some fish on their jerkbaits as well. So. That's something I think, you know, in time we'll figure out which one's kind of my favorite. Interesting. Favorite spring for, okay, for bed fishing, what do you like to throw? Uh, man, like I said, this, this, this spring, I never see, I never got to see a fish on a bait on, on a bed. You know, the water was just too muddy. That's a sad story there. (laughs) Yeah. I never seen one, uh, to be completely honest with you. So I, I can't really say on that part. Favorite rod and reel combo that you have? Uh, my favorite rod and reel combo. So I throw all 13 fishing omen rods. Oh, um, nice. And then I throw all loose reels. So I, I would say my favorite one that I feel like I could pick up and do anything with is a 7-1 medium heavy, you know, fast with a 7-5 to 1 gear ratio reel. That nice. That's going to be... I could pick that up and feel like I could do anything that's in my wheelhouse with it. All time favorite bait. Jackhammer. My man. <laughs> yeah. I've, <It's> I've, <laughs> I've caught so many, so many giants on a jackhammer. You know, I know, uh, anybody that really knows me could tell I me, mean, tells you that I am a jackhammer aficionado. I know. I'm, I, I, I feel you, man. You're preaching to the choir here, man. Yeah. I, I love. <laughs> I haven't seen a jackhammer. I haven't seen a situation where I don't. Even when I shouldn't be throwing a jackhammer, throwing a jackhammer. Yeah, uh, right. Somebody told me. I know that one of the difference with the jackhammer. Now, getting off topic here, but I thought it was interesting. It's you know, and Fluke Master did a video on that. It's because um, the head is always hitting the you know the vibration compared to off- different. Um, chatterbaits the head is actually banging against the blade so it gives it that clicking sound and then somebody told me that i don't know somebody made i don't know who made the 
the study, the scientific study about it. But the actual sound that that jackhammer produces is very similar to a craw just flipping, trying to get away. You know how a craw just kind of mm -hmm. like flicks its tail and makes that popping sound. Yep. You got to get away from bass. It makes sense though, the way they do, especially when you like throw a jackhammer, let it go down and then kind of rip it off. I've gotten so many bites about that. So it kind of makes sense that it mimics not only the action, but the sound of actually a craw just kind of trying to get away from the bass. So don't know how true it is, but that's what I've heard. Cool, man. Uh, kind of getting off subject here. I know you work as an electrician. I know there's an official term to it. What's your official term for your job? Uh, it, just electrician. It would be like lineman. lineman. I'm, not, I'm not an actual lineman, but that's that's what I do. I, I work, so, I, I build power lines. Cool. So kind of picking a few questions here from the pod deck. If you guys do podcasts, know what a pot deck is kind of interesting uh company have you ever been electrocuted no Good. well not Glad not from it. not at my job i mean if, if i got electric you did it for free there, it would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> you do it when you don't get work compensation <laughs> yeah yeah deep deep dish pizza or thin crust which one thin thin crust for sure all day this is a good one cereal is it a soup why or why not? I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so because it's cold. To me, soup is hot. I agree. You know. I agree. Blow your nose with sandpaper or use bubble wrap instead of toilet paper. That's a. That's, a, <laughs> that's our one. That is a tough one. Uh, man, oh, wait till you see the next one. I guess I would have to attempt the bubble wrap because the sandpaper just doesn't seem very yeah. feasible to me, you know? Yeah. At least the bubble wrap won't hurt you. Now I dropped the question. The other one is, man, what I, I flipped the card and I lost, I flipped the card and I lost it. I don't know where it is, but spend, I guess the question was either spend the rest of your life in an Amish community or in a nudist camp. <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, that would be tough. <laughs> um, Give you something to think about. Yeah, that's that's a tough one right there. I'm not I'm not entirely sure which way I'd rather go. <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm sitting here trying to weigh the pros and cons of either one, and I'm not coming up with pretty. many. Yeah, I'm not coming up with many pros. I mean, you'll get a nice but, fireplace if you're in the Amish community, right? If you're in the news committee, you probably see things that you might like or you might hate. Right. All right. Last one. You're out there fishing. What's your favorite snack? You have to pick between one of the two. Peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese sandwich? Which one do you rather have when you're out there fishing? Uh, I would take a grilled cheese. I mean, I don't I don't take snacks, but I would definitely take a grilled cheese if, if I had to Wait pick a minute. one. This doesn't make sense. You said you spend 10 hours on Fridays. You don't take a snack? No. For real. Now, I, I get it because I was like, I'm at work and I'm munching every 15 minutes. I'm right. on I'm on, on the kayak. I forget about eating. All, like, I take my yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I really forget about it half the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's crazy, Carlos. It is crazy, and I know you know this. You spend eight hours at work, and it feels an eternity. You spend yeah. eight, ten hours on the water, and you're like, where the hell did the time go? Yep. Even if you're not catching fish, it's like, where, yep. how did the gay, day go by so fast? A lot of times, like, uh, you know, when I go out Sunday mornings, I usually only fish till about nine in the morning. You know, I'll get there at daylight and I'll fish till nine. And half the time I feel like I've made four casts and I'm headed right back. I to know, the, right? You know, it's like, golly, man, like I don't get it, you know? So... Why can't it be vice versa? Why can't work go yeah. by fast and my day on the water lasts forever? Especially when it's your Friday at work where the day just drags on. Carlos, I've had you for an hour now. And I know you're family, man. I really appreciate you taking time to join us here at the podcast. Honored to have you. Thank you for blessing the podcast with your presence. I wanted to give you a couple of minutes for shout out. Anybody you want to shout out? I know you're involved with Hookset Hoodlums. You can talk, tell us a little bit about that. Um, any brand companies that either sponsor you or you want to give them a shout out because you love their products. 
any family members um, that you want to thank go ahead and take your time uh yeah we can we can definitely do that we can uh you know i'd, I'd love to shout out you know hooks at hoodlums um it's a great group of guys and gals they have both um uh, it's truly a great company they have some great apparel they just dropped some new hoodies and hats um you can use i think it's lone star 10 I'm not very good at, at selling stuff, but uh, <laughs> you could use Lone Star 10 with them, save you a little bit of money. Um, I'd like to shout out Castaic Lures. Uh, I just recently partnered with them, and uh, we've been doing some doing some things, trying some baits, all of that fun stuff. Uh, Eco Fishing Shop, everybody knows that, you know, I've worked with Eco Fishing Shop for a while. That's, that's a great company. Um, Caleb, the guy that owns it's a great guy. They've, you know, they've treated me very well over there. So um, definitely them. And if Old Town's listening, come on, guys. Get him on your team, Old Town. Come on, guys. Uh, and then, you know, last but not least, uh, we, we were, were running, and we still do sometimes, just life's caught up with uh, several of us, but we do amateur angling on uh wednesdays and uh that's with my buddy josh and uh that's hooked up north on instagram will brewer fishing on instagram and then also um brandon gone fishing now he hasn't been on in a while because the army's kind of got him tied down but uh but definitely shout out to those guys you know um they're a lot more than friends you know they've they've become family so so shout out to them and like I said, all the hook set guys and and uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. I had a good time. No problem, man. My pleasure, man. My honor. And yeah, those Instagram lives that you do on Wednesdays, that's that's pretty entertaining. I like them. I, you yeah. haven't, guys, I haven't done it in a while, but yeah, that we was haven't. Funny. Yeah, we, I, mean, I mean, we haven't because I went to Louisiana when I went to when I left and went to Louisiana for a couple of weeks, and then I was in South Texas, you know, working hurricanes. Um it just kind of got sidetracked, you know, and, and then when I came back, I was working and then Will is also, Will's a, a lineman. And, uh, so he, he, we work in the same field. He, he works nights sometimes it's, uh, things life is just, you know, kind of caught up to us. So we're not gone forever, but I mean, we'll be back. We just got to let life allow us to, you know, so. Well, it makes it all the more better when you come back. You know, you guys have fun on those live um, <laughs> yeah, shows, man. I've watched some of them; they're pretty funny. <laughs> um, I want to mention because I know you know we often uh, thank first responders and um, you know military servicemen, as we should. Um, but you, your line of work, um, you know, you did a lot. I remember watching your posts on Instagram where you really, I was like, man, I'm suffering for Carlos. He hasn't gone fishing in like a month. You yeah, really no, work your butt off to try to get things back together for the community to, you know, get back electricity, um, by the, with the hurricane I'm, and I'm thinking with the, uh, with the, with the snow as well. I mean, that was hard for you to work. So I wanted to really thank you. Um, now that you're on the podcast of what you do, what you do for the community, I know it's your job, but you guys, you know, your job is every bit as dangerous as, you know, most of the jobs as first responders working with electricity and you guys spend a lot of times working more than, you know, seems like more than 24 hours a day with all the work that you did for the hurricane and the snowstorms we had. So big thank you to what you're doing, man. And appreciate it. I know uh, the community uh, should and is grateful for what you guys are doing over there. You and your whole crew and your um, all your coworkers. Big thank you to what you did this year. Oh, and we appreciate that. You know, uh, any lineman, I feel like you, you know, that would have heard that would, would appreciate what you said. And and when we were in Louisiana, you know, it was uh, it was a great experience. Those people down there, you know, were were very thankful for us. You know, they uh, some of the, you know, it really and truly to me, what it what it showed is that there's still some good in humanity. You know, yeah. so and, th and that was a great feeling being able to help those people out. You know, when they needed it the most, so it was good. No, definitely, man. Big shout out to you guys. I mean, your job, you, you guys are heroes in my book for what you're doing and, you know, sacrificing not being with your family to help out the community. So big thank you to all of you. Carlos, again, thank you so much, man. An honor. 
if you're out there listening, go follow Lone Star Kayak Fishing on Instagram. You won't be filled with any, any of the stupid stuff that we, I do or any <laughs> most of us do in Instagram. You're going to have pictures and reels of big bass, and you're going to learn if you pay attention to what Carlos is doing. So shout out to Carlos. Go follow him on Instagram. For those out there listening, again, if you're going on the water, you know, weather's getting cold, wear your PFDs, layer up, make sure you stay safe. Can't say it enough. Name of the podcast is Bass Kayak and Beers, but please, if you're going to be on the water, uh, you know, take it easy with the beers and everything. Have it once you're once you're at home and not when you're on the water. And if you do, just take, you know, be cautious of it and be responsible if you're out there, be out there drinking. So have a great night, everyone. Have a great day, whatever time you're listening. And thanks again, again, to Carlos. Check out my sponsor, Douglas Rod. Go to DouglasOutdoors.com. Have a great day, everyone. Peace. All right. Got it. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, a mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Oh, that's awesome. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.